hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store, the place that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Interesting people pop in to rent something. We go through the films that they have loved across their life. And all in all, we are here to help you figure out what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas here in South Africa. When the store is quiet, I then get to watch movies and talk about them with my friends that work here. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. All right, top of the morning. Good morning. Morning, Russell. How are you, Cole? Yeah, fine. Good. Kinda. How are you, Graham? Yeah, all right. All right. How are you, Russell? I'm, mm. I'm good. <laughs> nice. I'm good. I'm well rested. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> this morning um, was a nice misty morning. Felt like we woke up in the Midlands here in Johannesburg. <laughs> uh, welcome to the video store, everyone. Today on the show, we are going to have Neon Dreams. Cool. Pop into Ren something. Right. Neon Dreams is a Canadian band who are have a very interesting relationship with South Africa, which we're going to get into and explore. And this is what's so lovely about a podcast is that we're able to really get into the stories that lead to the stories that create, you know, this bigger picture about them. Um, and so we, as Short Straw, played um, Park Life with Neon Dreams. And I was able to introduce myself to the guys and tell them about the podcast because I really wanted to All get right. them on the show. And um, an amazing moment happened when immediately we started talking about movies. <laughs> and um, Neon Dreams is a two-piece. There's Adrian, the drummer, and then there's Frank, the singer. And immediately we started talking about movies and Adrian said something like, uh, have you seen Oppenheimer? And we started talking about um, Christopher Nolan. And he All goes, right. and he said something like, I don't think it's his best film, but it's his most important film. And no. I was like, oh my God, you guys are going to be perfect for the show. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and at that point, I realized that Adrian, who is the drummer, um, probably doesn't speak as much in interviews. I think people naturally always gravitate to the frontman or the vocalist of a band yes. to get them to do more of the interviews. And I thought it might be interesting to actually put Adrian kind right of in, in, the, in the main seat because he clearly... Um, is more of a cinephile yeah. or a lover of stuff um, when it comes to this um, than Frank. So out of the two that you'll hear, the, the person you'll, you'll hear more from in the chat is Adrian, the drummer, and then um, Frank is the singer. Cool. So it was cool having both of them in the room. Um, come and visit. Nice. Amazing. Um, it's somewhat difficult to describe their genre. If those who don't know, there's a certainly a fun pop element there's elements of rock in it mm. but what i could safely say is that it's just happy fucking awesome music cool it's exciting nice. it's fun it's got a message of positivity which you don't see as clearly sometimes yeah um and i think that really comes through in their shows which are super energetic super fun so uh, we are going to have a chat um, just the day after a very big show, <laughs> so uh, the guys uh, will be a little um, a little tired, but it's uh, going to be a great chat. Cool, and I'm very excited for them. Uh, Cole, it's lovely to see you. Thank you. You've been very busy. You are uh, we're not 
um, working a shift at the video store. You are a musician amongst many things and you are performing at the moment at Monte Casino with Jonathan Rocksmith's Key Change. Yeah. You are slapping the bass. <laughs> only in one song. <laughs> two songs, actually. Oh, what else do you play? No, I play bass, but only slap it in oh. two songs. But you, you're it's slapping the bass the whole time. <laughs> The spirit of slap and the bass yeah. is, is happening the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very exciting show, and we've had Jonathan Rocksmith as a as a guest on the video store. Mm. So um, a that loyal is, customer. He's a loyal customer <laughs> over um, at um, Monte Casino right now. It's going until the 29th of October. 29th of October. Cool. And your tickets can be gotten at web, web t- tickets. Web tickets. Exactly. Link in the description. Yeah. Thank you. Now we're very excited. I'm going to see you on Saturday. Oh, I'm so stoked. I'm bringing the whole fam. Nice. And I'm very excited. Yeah. I love watching the shows that you've been in. Um, and I'm very excited to see Jonathan perform because I've yeah. only heard the most incredible things about him. So you've never seen him perform I've before? I've never seen him perform as Oof. far as I know. Okay, very um, for a treat. And um, I just know how exceptional he is, so I'm excited for that. Amazing. Magic. Okay, um, for those who don't know the format and you are coming here because you're a fan of Neon Dreams, um, they're going to pop in in a moment. But thereafter, when the store gets a bit more quiet, at the end of the day, we do our cash up. And at that point is a good chance for all of us to talk a little shit amongst ourselves <laughs> We've got uh, TV shows and films and things that we always watch in the week. And this is our chance to, to chat more about it. So I've got some stuff I want to tell you guys about. Yeah. Um, so please stick around for that after the chat. But I think we should just get into it. Yeah, Agreed. let's do it. All right. Okay. This is Neon Dreams popping in to rent something. How are you guys? Oh, good man. It's Lekker. nice to... Uh, See you again. We're off of an amazing show in Jerburg last night. Yeah. Okay. So much fun. Yeah, this was uh, this was something quite special, which I'd like to hear about. Not only is it in a, it was in a very cool venue, Sonage, which we've played many times. It's called Sonage. I, I don't quite know how it's called. I'm calling it Sonage. Sonage. I'm like Sognog. Sognog. We, we've the first time we played there, um, we made big jokes about you. You say how to it pronounce in it. almost a French way, and I say it in like an English way. You're like Sonage. Sonage. And I'm like Sonage. Sonage. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, Sonage. but it's, it's a very uh, it's a very cool spot. Lighting in there is amazing. Also, just like. I love that feeling of like where everybody is like pinned to the barricade. Yeah. And it's just like the energy is just like right there. They they do a lot of um drum and bass stuff. Yeah. It definitely. You can just and see can that see as a venue. <laughs> yes. And they've got the most inc- Yeah. They got the most incredible um shapes um on the roof if you haven't seen the venue and then they've mapped uh, each yeah. shape with its own kind of color lighting and yeah, and, the, and it looks amazing. Um, but you guys had a, a show you put together, right? Yeah, it wasn't like a typical Neon Dream show. We uh, we started this festival called Dreaming Out Loud, uh, and this is it was our first time doing it last night. And basically, the idea is to bring uh, good people together, and also like artists that we're really into from different parts of the world. And we we started with Canada. Uh, with Billy Raful and then also South Africa with Matthew Mole, but in the future we're, we want to bring people from all different parts of the world. 
And the, sorry, is the idea to bring them to South Africa? Uh, or was the idea to take the show as far, as far as the artists go is is bringing it to South Africa but as far as the people like you, your your whole concept with it is, is mostly about who's coming to the shows and the fans and stuff. yeah it's like good people like we noticed after we played this festival this is like one of the last festivals we played before we went home uh, I was just walking through the crowd and the people kept coming up to us and then I was like you know what the, the most the common thing between all these different people is like they just have really good hearts and, uh, and really good hearts. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and just like just like, but what what they were saying to us, like it wasn't just like, yo, that was sick. They just started going like deep conversations and stuff. And I was like, these guys are good people. Let's, you know, let's try to do something that brings good people from all areas. That's not just from our fan base, but from other people's. That put them all in the same room. You know, totally. Yeah. But did you? So you've conceived it in South Africa. Yeah. This yeah. was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did a small idea of it in our hometown probably like four years ago. But this one is like, it's well thought out. It, it's like something that... Like, but it's really something that prepared. you could take with you anywhere in the world. It's yeah, great totally. that it was conceived and birthed in South Africa. Cool. But mm. let's, uh, let's just chat quickly about hometown. Okay. The idea of, right. of, of you guys, just to put into some context, because I think you guys are quite special in the sense that perhaps you can explain it, but you are from Canada, mm -hmm. but you have been spending a lot of time in South Africa. Yeah. Perhaps you can just give a nutshell encapsulation of, of that story. Um, okay. We, if I really roll it back, we were... Uh, abandoned Canada for a while before coming here. Um, our first top 40 single in Canada was 2017. Okay. And we did about nine in Canada. Um, and we toured Canada a bunch and stuff. But there's something that happened here where the music connected with people in a very personal way. Where at home, the difference is uh, get a lot of industry support, a lot of radio play and like festival slots and sort that sort of thing yeah but here there's this like incredible connection between uh the band and us and the people that doesn't exist in the same way at home so how did you feel that the first time because it's one thing to see stats totally because stats don't have heart and yeah, messages totally. to them did, did you did it come in another way yeah when 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 okay so when the stats first coming in this is a great way of putting it that you brought up stats, but when the stats first came in, we've seen it happen before in different countries where like a song spikes, but like it happens for like a week or two and it's like, and then yeah. it, it dies. This was so different because the song was spiking. I noticed it. And then two weeks in, it's still going three weeks in. I'm like, Oh, this is like doubled now. Okay. This is, this is not how it normally works. Yeah. And then it was just like flooded DMS from South Africans comments nonstop. Like, Went from never hearing from a South African to like hundreds of them in our inbox. And, and do, we, do we know what happened? Uh, Specifically. Cannot, I... We cannot pinpoint it. Everybody thinks it's TikTok and it's not. I'm putting that on the table right now. It is yeah. not TikTok. We weren't even on TikTok to about a year and a half. And it's not even like you submitted it to any radio stations? No. Nothing. Absolutely Do you nothing. think like a DJ must have played it? Um, my, and then people Shazam? No. My there? theory is some kid found it on the internet. It was covid he, he just told his friends. Showed, showed his, his friend. friends. Yeah. Uh, showed his friends. And then okay. people started posting. The, the, the first like platform I can pinpoint it on is Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. the, the, okay, the, so it was just something that you yeah. 
couldn't ignore. No, and and after being here, like I realized how connected you guys are as communities. Like even each culture is super connected. When one thing happens, everybody knows. You know, it's like yeah. so. Like a, like a song gets out that everyone enjoys, and and if and, it, and the song didn't like just it wasn't just the kids. The adults liked it. You know, yeah. Uh, the young adults liked it. Yeah, everyone liked it. So the people were playing it. Like the teachers were playing it on their PA at school for like lunchtime break. Like that's why I was hearing how people were hearing um, it. it like, in which song was it again specifically? Uh, it's like Life Without Fantasies. Yeah. Life Without Fantasies. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, so then at that point you were like, "We got to get to fucking South Africa." Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we couldn't at the time either because yeah. it's still COVID for like uh, full uh, lockdown. Okay, so when it really hit steam, COVID happened. It hit steam after we were we were sitting at home, and we we saw what was going on as an opportunity to finally because we, if I roll back six months before COVID. We're starting to push our music to the U.S. We were on tour in the U.S. when COVID happened. It shut down our tour. Yeah. Uh, and we saw this as an opportunity of, like, let's really work on this U.S. thing. Because it's like the music industry isn't going to come to a complete halt. Yeah. There's a way we can do this. And we, we, were, we were actually pushing to the U.S. We were doing interviews on U.S. radio stations every day via Zoom. And, like, it was great because we didn't have to pay the money to travel. Yeah. We were sure. just doing it from home. Uh, we were playing... We were we, we did this thing where we were uh, we set up a studio as like a live stream thing, and we partnered with all these radio stations to like live stream on their Instagram channels or their Facebook. Oh, cool! So we were in this full focus of like U.S. Like we okay. and, and we put in an album that was a little bit rockier, and we were going for alt radio, not pop radio, and we yeah we did all these online shows, and then South Africa started happening. We were like, yeah, we're focusing on this U.S. thing until it got so big that we were like, oh, we need to do a full turn to South Africa. Yeah, because I mean, we're we're an independent band. Yeah, we're a small team. We got when we got to put our resources into something, we have to put it into a certain thing, and we have to go all into it. Sure, and sure. South Africa. Just, it was too hard to ignore. Okay. You know? And so then you, you came, and then the idea is that you've kept coming back, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How I, many times do you think you've you've made the trip over? This must be like somewhere between 8 and 10, 8 and 15. I have no idea. It's amazing. But it's like half of our life has been here since, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or more than that. Like What what I think is a is a cool thing, which I'd love to get into, and, and it, perhaps it can kind of flavor our chat a, a, across the the whole chat is South Africans sometimes need a foreigner to help them understand themselves and to, okay. and to realize what special stuff we have. Right. Cause we in South Africa, often we can get quite stuck in the weeds of our lives, Holy. especially I've, in Johannesburg. We don't, we don't look up. We, right. we put our head down, go to work, go to the, meet our friends, do it, do our life. And we often don't stop and smell the roses. I've, I've had so many people say to me, they're like, you have seen more of South Africa than I have, or like, you know, yeah. more history about South Africa than I have. Or, yeah. Um, and then they're like, it has inspired me to like, go explore our beautiful country way more. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause like, like you're saying, you get stuck and, and, and you know what? That's one thing I've felt about home too. Coming here is like, I kind of ignored how beautiful home is as well. Where in Canada specifically were you guys from? Halifax, Nova Scotia. Okay, yeah. Nova I saw, Scotia. <laughs> I saw Halifax in the in, in Instagram. I wasn't sure whether that was the hometown. Yeah, we're like okay. far east coast. We're like closer to Boston than Toronto, Montreal. Okay. 
Um, right. Like to fly to New York is the same as flying to Toronto. It's just like the difference of Cape Town and not quite Joburg, a little bit further. Okay. For Toronto, yeah. Right. Because everybody thinks of Toronto when they think of Canada. We're not just Toronto. <laughs> oh, for me, it's Vancouver. Is it? Okay. I think of Vancouver a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a cousin that uh, lived in the sort of more Frenchy side. But that's the thing about South Africans. In, um, you guys always move to like BC or Alberta, which I understand because there's like beautiful mountains and nature out there. So. Yeah. Um, like we have a pretty strong South African population, but it exists say, on the West Coast. How much? How much South African did you have before you arrived? Any exposure to people none. in Canada? Absolutely none. None on the East Coast? None. Okay, interesting. But now I have a South African restaurant you in know, Toronto the, I go to. The funniest thing, um, my mom pointed it out, is that it was, it was COVID, so I went back home to st stay with her. So I, I, I didn't live anywhere. So I was like, oh, I got to go home somewhere. Yeah. And I wasn't going to try to go rent an apartment or something, so I just stayed at my mom's house. Slept on her couch, and then I eventually bought a bed. But the whole time I was sleeping on the couch, this pillow, on the pillow, it was just South Africa, Stellenbosch, everything mm -hmm. in, on that pillow before we even got here. It's pretty crazy. Oh, so she had the pillow? Yeah, it's just a pillow. It's just random, but we never looked at it. Someone must have given it to her? Yeah, she... yeah it's, it's just on the couch. So I was like, every night I went to sleep, I was just sleeping in your dreams. on a South African pillow. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, when I got to Cape Town, I, like, had a memory of, like, oh, man, I was obsessed with this city when I was, like, in my young teens. being Because I'm such, like, a nerd. If I, like, become obsessed with something, I'm going to know everything about it. And then... I, I completely forgot about it because my brain only has so much capacity and sure. I have this weird thing where I got to fill it all the time and I obsess over things and like I will read every Wikipedia article, every single thing on the okay. internet. And then when I got to Cape Town, I was like, wait a second, I know everything about this place because when I was like 12, 13, I thought it was the most unique, cool looking city on the planet, just like looking at pictures and then reading about it. Oh, interesting. Mm. I had a, I, th I think I had my folks travel once uh, to Prague and then they called me from some corner cafe and they said you would love this place and i've i've made it a mission to go but i've never managed to go i've traveled a lot around the world mm. i'm very lucky in that regard but i've got my like sights set on prague specifically mm. for some reason and i need to go so it's maybe similar to that you sort of obsess over i, I, I got a slight prague thing as well I, yeah. I want to go i got a friend that i wrote some music with and he keeps on being like yo just come on for a week and write with me again and he lives in prague and was like this place looks so cool yeah yeah so one thing to just quickly touch on you you the idea of you being quite a nomad, yeah. the idea of you not really having a bed. Yeah. <laughs> Has that been the case for a while? Yeah, I guess um, it was around 2018. I was just like, I, I'm not home ever. And like, I don't know why I'm, I'm paying for rent anymore because we're always on the road. Yeah. And I want a new perspective on life. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to get rid of everything. And uh, hit the road, and when I'm not touring, I'll just go to a different city and write music there and and see where life goes. Cause, and yeah. how does that feel? It's, it's cool because, like, everything's new all the time. Yeah. You know, like, you get to new cities, you make new friends. And and you don't feel like yeah. you need an anchor? At some points you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I find I, I the past little bit, I like going back home and staying with my family and seeing them. And That's a good enough yeah. anchor, I guess. Yeah, and then... Then get back to the road. Yeah. I'm different in my own place. I would go nuts without it. Yeah. And do you feel like that is somewhere? Where is that? Uh, I, I have an apartment in Halifax. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you've got a spare bed. <laughs> I don't. I live with my partner. She would kill me. Okay. Frank, okay. Frank lived at our place all the time when we're home. <laughs>
Um, how do you manage that with you traveling a lot? Um, I'll say it's not easy, but we get by. Okay. We do it. I have an extremely supportive partner who is has put up with more than I think anyone would. You know, last time we went away it was seven months. You know, and yeah. she's incredible at supporting us and and continuing yeah. on this journey with me, even though I'm not around all the time. Um, okay, well, let's let's do something which we like to do here, which is to take a little journey through the lives. And um, we've got, um, we like to, to pin films to certain periods in your life. Speaking of something we can like pin to, like a mm. little anchor point. Um, and um, we've named them according to the kinds of relationships you would have had at that time in your life. Okay. So the first film we have we call it the puppy love film, which for us, we <laughs> call it primary school, mm. which is like six to 13, your like first school. Mm. Curious to know what films came past you guys in that time in your life. Very innocent films often, yep. like the relationships yep. you were having at that time. <laughs> you would be excited about holding a hand. Or oh, I got it, it's hurting in my head. Okay, what is it? Yeah. Juno. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that was that was, Primary school for you? No. Okay, we're talking primary. I'm thinking like junior high, which you're you different said, for you guys. I don't know. I guess we, oh, maybe junior different. high is like grade seven to nine for us at home. That's when you're first starting to like mature and like. Okay, that's that. That okay. we call that our high school crush film. Okay. Okay. okay so dial back a little. Dial earlier. back a bit. Something earlier. a bit more um, childhood. Star Wars, man, Princess Leia. <laughs> 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 that set everything in motion. Yeah, man. In Lord of the Rings and like yeah. you know, the like the classic films okay. that that are family accessible. Yeah. Okay. You know? So Star Wars was you a know, big I, one. I feel like for a lot of people it's gonna be a Disney movie that says which I guess Star Wars is Disney now, which we can get into that and I'm gonna no, 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 for no. hours, but <laughs> not at this point. No, no. <laughs> okay, so Star Wars was a big one. Yeah, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings are like the basis of like all movies for me. I which think. Star Wars would it be for you, the prequels? Or the originals. I'm see. This is now we're getting really into it. <laughs> Somewhat. We waiting. Um, we waiting a little. The originals because I watched the originals before the prequels. But I am that age where the prequels are so special because you're young when they came yeah. out that they mean like so much to you. Everybody, yeah, totally. So many people hate on the prequels, and I feel like a lot of people have turned around and be like, the prequels are amazing. Besides the fact that Anakin hates sand. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. But yeah. Um, besides all the terrible dialogue of the prequels, it, I mean, the writing is dog shit. But they, but the. But the you know what's so weird cool. is like each one has this like magic to it. The first one's like this innocent thing of like young Anakin is just fun. The first time you see a dual lightsaber, and then like the second one made me like start to kind of understand politics yes attack the clones is like an extremely star wars political film yeah and then we the third one was just a big battle the third one to me is the best one even yeah. even though the originals and everything yeah that's the best one because the, the amount of lore that was like opened up from that film i think for someone who obsesses over things star wars gives you lots to obsess over yes definitely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, anything your side frank i can't think of anything that early no sure like, like just from my childhood, like because I watched a lot of fantasy movies and stuff. Like yeah. I was like, "What was that? You know that movie with that massive like uh, dragon thing? It's like uh, ah, it's not 
Fantasia or something like that. Oh, um, are yeah. you thinking of the never-ending story? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah the with stuff the dog. Of, yeah. The big, long dog. Yeah, so like that's like my childhood of like just like super like fantasy type of movies. Lovely. And stuff, yeah. Okay. That's all I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Least, yeah. Cool. All right, well, then we go over to high school. Mm. Still in Halifax at this point, hey? Yes. Were you guys friends? When did you guys meet? In high school. Yeah. I think it might have been the summer between grade 10 and 11 for me. Yeah. I remember I was 15. I was about to get my license, and then I got my license, and I was the one in the band that owned a van. So Hell of an important dude. Very important thing. Big purple (laughs) Dodge Caravan. You guys don't have Dodges here, but to be in in it was... It's like... Big Barney truck. Soccer mom. Think (laughs) soccer mom. Any movie you watch, soccer mom, but this one's purple, big round van. There's a band called The Dirty Null. Yes, Canadian. Yeah, and there's a song about in my mom's Dodge Caravan. Perfect, yeah, Yeah, yeah. nailed it. And I think the whole music video takes place with them in the back while someone's riding around. That sounds like a very Canadian music video. I've seen Mm. lots of of back-of-the-van Canadian yeah, videos. they're a very cool band. Yeah. We, we got one too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we got one. We got one as well. We got a Ford E150, which I s- still drive us to gigs when we're in Canada. Oh, you got a van for you guys? Yeah, but okay. it's like a, one of those big utility vans because we're big boys now and have gear. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I always drive the band around Same. in Shortsville. Yeah, yeah, yep, I'm the driver for for a few reasons. The one is I'm not quite sure i would want anyone else to drive <laughs> yeah totally and also i don't necessarily drink that much mm. so i'm okay to 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 do to do the driving so it, and i'm a bit motion sick as well so i think that's mm-hmm. kind of why i've always driven yeah but i like to, me, i like to have a fun time but i will never get behind <laughs> the wheel having a fun time so. yeah. yeah yeah so we call it the first train which is the trip the trip back the safe trip back yeah. <laughs> after the show yeah you, you guaranteed a lift yeah and it'll it'll be in the van. I drove for the first time in South Africa like three days ago. How did you find it? Other side of the road. Yeah? Interesting. I did it once in New Zealand about a year ago. Yeah. And I did it in New Zealand to prepare myself for here because we've been here for two years. And I was like, I could never drive on the other side of the road. But the driving in New Zealand is pretty much the same as Canada, even right down to like the road signs, just on the opposite side of the road. People so, follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joburg is hard, eh? Because, yeah. because especially now... I drove Joburg to Potch, the N12, the, uh, the, uh, not as potholy as I expected it to be, but it it, it has been a bad road in the past and it's been a quite a dodgy two hour journey that often we take late at night because there's a few cities where we're happy to chill. Mm. And then there's a couple of cities where it's like, with lots of love and respect, we're going to get out of this (laughs) as quick as we can. Just the hour and a half drive home at midnight. I I have a little bit of this kind of same province, same bed mentality. It's like, if I can go to my own bed, even if it's at two in the morning, I'll go. But you see, the thing in Canada, Canada is so large to drive across. Okay, so to put it in perspective, we live in Halifax. Most tours start in Vancouver and make their way west to east. Okay. To drive from Halifax to Vancouver which I have to do to start the tour mm. is 90 hours oh, shit. of driving. So I'll leave a week and a half before with all our gear. So we have four provinces on the East coast of Canada. We're provinces too. We're not States. And nice. they're a little bit of colonial heritage there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, they're called the Atlantic provinces and it's Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI. And then there's one called Newfoundland, but it's an Island. If we're playing in PEI or New Brunswick or Nova Scotia, even though Fredericton is five hours from Halifax, I will drive home at midnight okay. to go to my bed. Yeah. So I'm the same mentality. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, okay, so you guys meet in high school. Uh, what we call high school? What's that? Scene? What do you call that? It's grade high, grade ten to twelve. Now it's grade nine to twelve. But when we were in high school, it's grade. Oh, 10 they changed to high it. School. Um, yeah. and then you guys stopped making music together. Yeah, I so the we had uh, an all ages music venue in Halifax called the Pavilion, which was like the only place to go see all ages music. But the thing about this place is. Avenge Sevenfold played there. Sub Forty One played there. Cool. Uh, the place only holds like two hundred and fifty to three hundred, but there were so many big bands that played on their very first tour ever at this venue. Propagandi played there. Like Comeback Kid played there. Mm. Um, so bands from the U.S. and Canada, the first tour ever type of vibe, they would play the Pavilion, and it's like one of those spots where it's like on your first tour, you want to be able to sell it out uh, as like a commercialized label band, you know? Yeah. Um, so. That was really cool because as kids, we were able to actually see like really good bands. and Okay, not... so you guys went to the shows that were there. Yeah, and I, I had been going there, but his band, I was really in like the hardcore and punk scene. His, your band was a little bit more like pop punk type yeah. of vibe, but I was really into pop music. So I would still go to like when a big pop or pop punk band mm. came into Halifax, uh, I, I would be there. Like, pop, pop punk's my favorite genre, but for, you know, like, when you're young and you want to be cool and stuff, you're like, I want to hang around the straight edge kids. You know what I mean? Because they're uh, so, like, angsty okay. and, like... Interesting. Um, straight edge was a very interesting thing when I encountered it for the first time. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, well, to you guys. So, so three X's. X's. One is uh, no alcohol, no drugs. One is no promiscuous sex. Actually, I think it's no alcohol, no drugs, no promiscuous sex. Is so it's, it's yeah, it's guys that have found this like clean lifestyle. Oh, so but, like, but so they like, <laughs> but they gave themselves with lots of love and respect. I don't yeah. know, but they gave themselves this cool name to, to sort of make what what could have been perceived as being not cool. Yeah, they they made it cool by it cool. by giving it this kind of hardcore name. Oh, straight, yeah. edge. straight edge. Yeah, and I'm yeah. in a community that is straight Rock edge. Rock and roll, but like and, I'm and just not doing the same thing. The most you guys punk do. thing yeah. I can do is not be. Minor, minor, like other punks, yeah. minor threat would be like the the I feel like they're the pinnacle band of like yeah. that era. So it's a very interesting move. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, but there's also two sides of it. There's two sides of it. There's the I'm straight edge and I'm cool with everyone. And then there's the straight edge where it was like the super hardcore straight edge dudes that would like go into bars and beat the shit out of people drinking. Like everything, like, right? In this yeah. world, there's always the, there's always the you can take it too far. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there, there's some like crazy straight edge punk era stories of like dudes walking into bars with bats and just like messing everybody up. I mean, it's that's like, ridiculous. That's not the, straight edge. You were living <laughs> yeah. the wrong way of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah like Which you, like isn't the whole scene i would say that's like maybe like 10 percent yeah. of that scene it's, the other 90 percent yeah, super chilled literally with every single scene there's like a very well-intentioned <laughs> middle and then there's a yeah. bunch of hooligans yeah. on the outside yeah they i re- ruin it for the liberals <laughs> they ruin it for the republicans they ruin it for everyone yeah i remember going to straight edge shows but i never claimed straight edge and i remember standing outside of one i was probably like 16 17 years old and I smoked a cigarette, and one of my friends that was straight edge was the first time he ever seen me smoke a cigarette, and he literally dove off a staircase and just like smacked me. I was like, "What are you doing?" And like threw my cigarette like <laughs> across <laughs> the parking lot. <laughs> like, <shit. laughs> um, okay, so for you at that time, Juno. Yeah, sorry. Getting back to where we met, uh, this scene, uh, I was more in like the punk hardcore scene. He played in a band that was a bit popular. Mm. I would go to pop shows and I would see them open. And then you had an opening opportunity for a really, really big pop band in Canada, but your drummer was not showing up, right? Yeah, he stopped showing up. 
to practices <laughs> just stopped showing up yeah, yeah i love those I band know. stories <laughs> yeah. where it's just like someone just just stops showing up yeah just start replying and it was like all right just gotta find someone new and then yeah. eventually one of our friends showed a, us a youtube video of adrian playing mm. uh, he's playing like flow rider low <laughs> nice. a cover of it and uh we just kind of asked him if he wants to be a part of this and yeah and we had to, he had to learn the song in like two days so, yeah. yeah yeah that also happens yeah it does happen and then the rest is history. Yeah. You guys played this show together. Yeah. yeah. And then from there. Yeah, it was like the highlight of the show. And like, and that's like, I, sw I, I swear I've, I haven't stopped talking to him since that day. Like every day, <laughs> like I swear, like we've just been friends ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I find it interesting. Yeah. You introduced him as your brother. Yeah. On 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 stage. I thought that was a nice, a very nice Well, yeah. I would have been 15 when we met. I'm 30 now. Half my life has been alongside. Yeah. And yeah. then so from there, obviously that band like came to an end, and then and then you guys started yeah. two bands, yeah, two different bands, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but in that high school time, for you it was Juno, Juno. I think that's because the of first romance. great soundtrack, witty dialogue, amazing soundtrack, witty dialogue, uh, something scary and realistic as a teenager, you know, like, sure, you know what I mean, like your high school girlfriend gets pregnant type of thing, and you go yeah. through the scary thing and. Yeah, yeah, the realities of life yeah. coming to Ellen knock. Page or Elliot Page now, but yeah. Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah, so th that was relatable on one. That's interesting. Yeah, he and was born there. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Probably <laughs> their most famous Haligonian, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Frank, anyone for you? <laughs> Adrian has all the good movies that make sense. Like, yeah, yeah. Things that like changed my life and reminds me of stuff like. It's always like these fantasy, like crazy movies, nice. but like, I don't know if you ever watched like Fight Club. Sure. Like in high in high school, that was like the movie that I I, uh, I watched. I like, like that just reminds me of everything. Like not because of like how crazy it was, just like it just changed my life, and I just I constantly watched it around. It that changed time. your life. Yeah, man. In what? In yeah. what sense? Just like I never had a perspective on like I don't even know how to masculinity. It, yeah, not not the fighting part, but just like this, like the movie was just just brilliantly done. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I just I like I just like the way they shaped the story of like somebody like like that having a dual personality, and you don't you don't even know until the end. Yeah, no, it was and a great twist. It's super. It was really cool. I like, think it's the green against the system. Part yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. No, in this underground scene, um, the the author i don't know whether you've read fight not, club or no. any of his books I know, I know it comes from a book but i haven't read yeah i read the book too like, yeah the book's like, pretty much the same yeah. it just gives you perhaps a bit more sort of feeling and context and mm -hmm. stuff um the way tyler durden's introduced is slightly different but apart from that it's yeah. basically the same but edward um, norton's top five though like for you yeah man everything yeah. he does is just like <sighs> very precise yeah interesting dude whenever you hear him on podcasts he um very professional. Doesn't talks talks about the work. Doesn't ever talk about yeah, himself. Yeah, he's, he's quite secretive. He seems like such a normal dude, but takes the most interesting roles. And I think it's the fact that he's such like an. He's very good at playing the normal guy in like a crazy situation. Mm. I guess is yeah. the best way I could put it. Mm. It's like extremely yeah. relatable in every single way, but the situations that the roles he takes are like. Yeah, because yeah. he was perfectly cast as. The narrator in Fight Club. Yeah. I love how he never yeah. has a name. Yeah, it never is no name. Yeah, and like um, the, he's called sort of Jack. I, how do I? Jacks. Yeah. I am Jacks. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> and 
Um, uh, there's a great book. Um, uh, Chuck Polinek, the writer, wrote this great nonfiction book mm. about just stories yeah. about Fight Club and other short stories about his life and mm. stuff. And he he um, he talks about visiting that set, mm. the Fight Club set, where they shot it on location yeah. in like a cack part of town. Yeah. Like that shitty old house yeah. was kind of real in yeah. a slummy area that they took over and, and he had to walk through this like dark, dodgy space to mm. get to the location mm. that was mm. shielded off. And he said the shadowy figure sort of ran at him and it was yeah. it was um, Brad Pitt. <laughs> and he gave him this big hug and he said, thank you for giving me the role of my career. No way. <laughs> That's <laughs> Which awesome. was like, what a cool but thing. It, yeah. And was, at that point, they don't even know how it was going to come out. He just felt but it But he just though. knew you can that feel, like, he was onto you're, something. When you're creating something, you can feel like, you know, when you're making music and stuff, and you yeah. know, there's this energy and yeah. certain songs that you make, you're like, this is... This is special. This is special. Yeah. 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 But, and of course, if you've got David Fincher, who was the director, you know you're in like some mm. sense of safe hands. Yeah. Edward like, Norton, I'm going back on Edward Norton because I've been thinking about it while we're talking here, but like he he has he has this ability to do a role where he's just like an everyday normal dude, but gets painted by the influences around him. Okay. So think about him in like American History X. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could, could be completely normal, but what is influenced around him shapes him into something. It's similar with Fight Club. He's just... Yeah. Like, a normal guy and then what's around him influences and to something. Okay. And I think that's why he's so relatable because he yeah. can just be like someone that's influenced by something around him in any way, direction, whatever. It could be bad. It could be good. It could be. Yeah. You know. He was a great bad guy in Italian job. I remember that being good. I've never watched Italian job. It was, it was, it was, it was good. He was a good bad guy. Cause he's got like, when a, I think of that movie, I just think of mini Coopers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was spe speaking of Brad Pitt. There's, I just remembered one movie. I have a bad memory with movies, but like, <laughs> you know, the uh, uh, Legends of the Fall. I don't know if you've uh, watched that. Yeah. Like, Very yo. swooning. Yeah. Very long and landscapey like, and that was like, yeah, horses and that reminds hair. That reminds me of like the relationship, kind of like, oh, like falling in love with some somebody or something. Yeah. Like that was one of those. When I was a kid. <laughs> Very like, yeah. a lot of time spent waiting. You <laughs> think about it, like yeah. the old old house on the prairie times where it's like the cowboy would just disappear and it's like yeah. I'll see you when I see when you I see you and I come where back now, with a new wife where now like you can have a relationship with someone on the other side of the world you know yeah, your, girl, your phone. wife yeah. girlfriend girlfriend. Your girlfriend could be in Halifax and you could feel quite connected because yeah. you're very close but back in the day it's like I'll write you yeah, a letter. <laughs> maybe the post will yeah, come a letter. Actually, yo, we had, we had a, a conversation with Alex Lifeson from Rush once where we just like sat down with Ooh, him that's like one to one just like had a conversation and that conversation came up of like balancing relationships on tour and all that stuff and he goes you guys have no idea how lucky you are to have cell phones and FaceTime and all that stuff he was like we used to get one quarter a week to yeah. call our partner and then we would be like sending letters at every venue, wow. and like and then like dealing because their their big come up would probably be before they like blew up. I'd say like the seventies when they he was talking about how they played like you know uh, the community halls or like mm. bad bars and all that stuff. And they they did that grind for like five to ten years before they took off, right? And yeah. he was saying we used to just send letters, get her one quarter a week to like make a phone call at a pay pay phone, like. And he was like, "You guys have no idea how lucky you are to have cell phones and stuff to balance sure. your life." What did you? What What led to you being able to meet Brush? Um, we, when our first single broke in Canada, we had a lot of industry people rooting in our corner that they would just connect us with stuff like that. 
Okay. Yeah. And what was the situation? You were just able to. Yeah, meet. it was just like it was okay. like a one-on-one conversation hangout. Like oh, I heard cool. his brain. It was just he does these like mentoring things with you oh, okay. in Canada. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, okay, then now we getting going. We've left school. Um, there was a thing with you. Were you gonna play basketball? Have I got that right? But then you decided not to. Uh, you pursued music. Is that right? Well, I was. Uh, I played a lot of sports actually, um, but baseball was my my main baseball. sport. Okay. And uh, like I was like, I was playing for my province. So cool. so like that's like uh, like called Triple A. Like that's like the high level of baseball out there. A lot of people were getting scouted for like uh, the big teams and all that stuff from my teams. But uh, I started I started playing guitar. I cut, actually. Okay, the funny story is I. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, really funny. I started, I started playing guitar after uh, I had an accident. I was I was uh, long. I was using a lawnmower going up a hill. Okay. And I kind of looked over across the street. Somebody said something. I was like, "What are they saying?" And then the lawnmower rolled back on my foot. Oh, <laughs> and so like, cut my my toe up. Like it didn't cut the toe off, but it just cut all around it. So yeah. I was I was blessed that it didn't cut my foot off. But um, I was so I was just in at home sitting on a chair for so long for yeah. a whole summer. I just started playing guitar, yeah. and I got back to the season next year. And then like, I one of the players in the in the baseball team played drums. And we were like, hey, let's go hang out and play some music because it's kind of cool. I like it. And then yeah, uh, we started a band, and I just want to play guitar. And then uh, uh, they were like, we need a singer, and uh, let's draw straws. To become, see who comes to sing right? And then, yeah. and then the shortest straw gets to, gets to become the singer. And I, I got the shortest you straw. The shortest straw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, the and, amount of times yeah. where the short straws traveled, and they've yeah. they've done some kind of on air game or competition, <laughs> and they always do Dude, the straws. Do you know how many yeah. times I've looked at a newspaper article that said neon dreams come true? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel the name pain. Yeah. yeah. I feel the name pain. <laughs> name pain, yeah. And then we also always get the like, oh, where'd you get your band name? And like Alistair um, has got about three or four stories he can pull from, which are these complete fabrications about. Mm. One was, the, one of the most exotic ones was about being at a public pool and this kid got bit, um, bit by a bee, uh, stung by a bee and then we needed to do a tracheotomy oh. and <laughs> we used this short straw. And you see the like, Radio presenters' eyes get bigger and bigger, and they're like, "Really?" And we're like, "No, we're just yeah, like, yeah, we're making this up." <laughs> it's like Blingway too. They have they have a different reason why one eighty two is in the name all the time, and one they always go with is how many times the f word was said said in Scarface. Oh, like, that's a good one. I didn't just like know that. ridiculous stuff like that, and like stuff that will make people go count. Just and then to they'll like Google it. Just double check. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then we've got this other film, which is the. We call it the um, It's Getting Serious film, which is mm. now start of your guy's career. I would imagine so school's behind you. Um, at that point, you probably be doing a lot of traveling, creative stuff. That's when you maybe watch more edgier things. I don't want to say like edgier, but I feel like Interstellar was like a very cool career moment. Mm. You, I you and I, um, when we met properly um, for the first time, was at Park Life yeah. about a week or two ago. Yeah. 
and we immediately started talking about Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. when I was like, you guys would be very good on this podcast. Well, so it, it was that's like, why it was like really one of those have you. conversations where it's like, I'll be good on the podcast, but I'm be like every other movie lover that just loves Christopher Nolan, you know? No, but you, you, you had more insight, which we'll talk to about Oppenheimer specifically, but you, and still it was great. Yeah, and I think the metaphor of that movie, that movie is just like one big metaphor. It's like you could watch it, and if you take it in, it's like, oh, yeah, some dude goes to space and realizes he can travel between dimensions. Then you could take it in that way. But there's also this like giant metaphor of this movie of where it's like all these infinite realities exist, and your your life is like... It can go in any which direction and all mm. this sort of stuff, but you got to make the decision of where it goes. Like the the whole idea of him basically like going to space and like leaving his daughter behind and him yeah. landing in a different dimension where his whole life could have turned out this way. Yeah, if he just like didn't the chase the, the unicorn, you the know, possibility of choices. Yeah, yeah. So the possibility of choices, and it, I think as you're, I'm, I think like we discover that film as like the same time as coming of age, and it's just like. You know, you you take the reins of what you want to do, and yeah. your life turns out. And you guys made the choice to come to South Africa, yeah. which is special, <laughs> yeah. and it's what's brought us here right now. But it's also what brought what uh, I really wish I was at, which was last night's show, mm. awesome. um, where you're bringing a lot of joy into the world, and you and you really, in many ways, just reminding us what we have, as I said, which is great. You're one of the few acts because you from outside. Mm. Literally, the first word you said on Park Life was you offside a stage greeting Joburg. You you said it was so great because you you, oh. you had the microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. You had the microphone next to the the stage, mm. and you were next to Matthew, and you were like Joburg, <laughs> and Matthew was like, "Oh my god!" It's like he's there, but he's not, but he's here. He's right next to me. Um, it was this great moment. It's very really funny. But we can't do that. We can't remind Joburg that they Joburg. We all, we're from Joburg and we know where we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's something that only an international act could, <laughs> could do is just remind you where you are. Right. Um, and it's, it's sometimes a good thing to, to yeah, just to yeah. experience it. Yeah, I have this weird appreciation for Joburg that took a minute. Let, let's free. let's talk about it a little. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting into it and I'll yeah. give you my thoughts. But mm -hmm. start with you... Telling me about your perception. Yeah, my of first time coming to Joburg, I had no idea what to do. I'm just like, this is a giant city where people just like drink, eat, and shop. And like, there's nothing else to do. Good, good observation. And then the more and more I come here, I realize there's, there's all these like cool little communities and like vibey things. And it's like, it's weird because the city isn't like a uh, big skyscraper y. Like, when I think of like a big city like Toronto or New York or like, uh, I think of like people that live in like little cardboard houses in the sky yeah. you know what i mean and sure. it's like there's nothing to do but like go to a cafe or like mm. you know walk the street until you find a cool vinyl shop or like whatever jobber's not like that mm. but also like almost three times the size of toronto population wise yeah because you guys are like 12 million people in the metro you guys are Something i think like it's that. like the like 20th or 30th largest city in the world yeah and that's taking China being like the top fifteen out of yeah. all, all yeah, of them. Yeah, like, yeah. You know they what take, I mean? You guys are a large. You yeah. guys are a large city. Um, as a foreigner coming in, you have no idea what to do. So everybody always told me like, "Oh, Cape Town's so clicky." Like all this, and I was like, "Cape Town's so easy because I can figure out what to do." You know what Cape I mean? Cape Town is very well built for an outsider. Yes, totally. It's it's built for tourists. Yeah, you can you can 
just by not, looking at like it. Like you, you guys can, are more than tourists, but I'm just saying like it's built to to make that part accessible. Joburg is not that. You gotta. We've never had that feeling. We've never yeah. we've never felt. And I'll tell you, this is my theory. We've never felt too pretty. Right. Um, Cape Town for me feels like, and and of course translate this to whatever you find attractive. But for me, it's women. Um, um, <laughs> Cape Town is like. A gorgeous woman walking into a, a room, mm-hmm. like you get it gets your attention straight away. Right? Is there more substance to it? That's up to you to decide. I'm not necessarily going to say Cape Town's bad like that, but uh, it's very easy and accessible. It's very obvious. It's in your face. So this is the thing I didn't get: is Joburg people shitting on Cape Town all the time? No, we don't. We don't talk too much about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't mean bad. We love Cape Town, and I think every time a Joburg goes to Cape Town, they always secretly wish they'd live there. But Joburg is is like being at a cool house party or a cool dinner party. Right. You don't notice the person straight away, but by the end of the night, you've had this great conversation, and you're like, "Oh, my God, this woman is attractive. She's amazing. Right. She's smart. She's there's so much more to her." But I didn't notice her as she walked in. Right, and that's Joburg. It, it grows on you in a way, or you don't. Totally. It's not obvious. You don't think about it, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more to it. It's under the trees. Yeah, you know, because totally. we're, we're the we're the we're we got two f- facts which you could fact check, and I'm perhaps not 100 percent correct, but very close. One being the largest city that's not on any water. Yes, you guys are the largest city that doesn't exist on a riverbed or an ocean. Yeah, because in the world. So and so that doesn't root us in anything. We have a we don't have a clear geography where it's like this is the bowl, that's the ocean, this mm-hmm. is there. So we can feel a little aimless in the sense that if it doesn't work, you can go over the hill and try it again. That right. doesn't work, go over the hill, try it again. Right. Nothing kind of roots us to a particular anchor in terms of geography. Um but the other thing is that we're one of the largest artificial forests in the yes. world. Yeah. And and that's incredible especially when you see certain views of Joburg and basically the whole city lives underneath these trees. Yeah. And it's, um, that's also interesting that we're also not that once again, we don't present ourselves obvious. Yeah. Maybe it's also the American in me that I'm just like not used to a large city without like super tall buildings. Yeah. Well, there's some in Santon and if you go to certain parts of downtown, but we don't revolve too much around them. No. We're, we're far more spread out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. It's got a very similar so when layout I, to LA. When I think of yeah, totally like driving immediately, I looked at Frank and I was like, "This is like driving in LA." Our downtown Joburg is very similar to downtown LA. Totally. Where like, I don't want to shit on Joburg, but it's like some sometimes in some parts of downtown Joburg, it's like your best days were a couple of decades behind you. Yeah. And our downtown, I was very much a part of the regeneration where the bioscope was 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 mm. in that part. And we all really tried our best to keep that part of town alive. It's like Santon's West Hollywood. Santon's the Rodeo Drive, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that it's that part. But it, it's also just and then the rest of Joburg is just you know, just like the valley. <laughs> just spreads yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, 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 totally. Hours in every direction. It's quite something. Yeah. Um Yeah, maybe it's the American enemy where it's like I'm so used to a big city being tall buildings, and then when I think of like Europe, I think of like Smaller buildings, but walkable, and Joburg yeah. is neither of those. You know what yeah. I mean? It's someone, like, someone once raised a great point, and this is what, what I said. You kind of need the foreigners to explain these things to you. And, and someone raised once, they said, you're always in something in Joburg. You, you're like, you're in a car, in your house, 
in a mall in a if it's, LA it's partly if, safety if but LA didn't have the ocean it would be almost the exact same yeah L- like literally with the I, I would have no idea what to do nothing the thing with yeah. LA is you always have the ocean to reference it's like oh San- Santa Monica or like whatever's going on at the ocean yeah if you took that away yeah LA would be just as confusing as a foreigner a little directionless and that's it yeah, yeah. holy yeah yeah but we um we've got some amazing things but we I must say I do need I do need to hear it from other people sometimes. We need to be reminded how pretty we are sometimes. Yeah. Because we sometimes it, it t- don't feel that way. It took me a minute to figure out Joburg for sure. And yeah. now that I've figured it out a bit more, I'm like, oh, the city's actually like really cool. Yeah, and you and it's very insular in the sense that you you know, the the gems and the great moments are like in someone's house. Yeah. I think you were with Matthew at his house last night. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, you know, it's more. it's it's in, sometimes it's in the <laughs> it's in the houses, you know. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's not out in the streets necessarily right okay um what were yeah did we cover this what were some of those films high school inception okay we've done inception then then we got interstellar 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 sorry i kind of just went back to start watching all the movies around like this this phase like i was like you said growing a bit more Mm. yeah like so i went back watch stuff i you know the stuff you watch as kids with your parents you're like I didn't get it, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> hey, the Matrix. Oh, cool. Like that was that was really. I, I I didn't understand what I was watching. I was like, oh, cool fighting. Oh, <laughs> and then, cool. And oh so like, you needed to come back to it. Yeah, and just like see okay. it for what it is, and you're just like, whoa, this is is deep, super yeah. deep. Yeah, Matrix yeah. came to me yeah. right at the end of primary school. When was ninety nine? Yeah, just it was nineteen ninety nine. It came out. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just start of high school for me. Mm. So that was like I've primed to have that blow my mind. Um, we've got one last one, which is um, the film you you want to settle down with, and you might not have found it yet, Ooh. but that's the one that you can kind of always come back to. Ooh. The one that's like a nice, comfy blanket. That what's the one that you can kind of keep coming back to? I do. I don't know. It's the one you keep going back to. Maybe you maybe you haven't maybe, met it Maybe this is why I was settling down issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's that. And also, like for someone like yourself, Frank, who, who doesn't necessarily have yeah. a home, yeah, no. you haven't settled down, and no. you don't want to anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. Yeah. If I if I could choose a TV show, it'd be The Simpsons. Ah, cool. Uh, but it's always there I, for I you. I don't know about a movie. Yeah, again, I could I could watch the first ten seasons of The Simpsons a hundred times, and I probably have. Um, what what I know you guys are traveling a lot, but what kind of stuff have you been watching recently? You know what's funny is my. Uh, my intake of storytelling has completely switched to video games almost. Okay. Um, like The Last of Us, Red Dead Redemption 2, Cyberpunk, Days Gone. The uh, nar- how do you, how do, you the do that? The ability both? of storytelling in video games has just like elevated so much that it's like it's almost like you're playing a movie. Like we both played Cyberpunk. That thing's like playing a movie, man. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You're done playing it. You're like, you look back out to reality, you're like, whoa, <laughs> wait a second. What do I do it's now? so immersive, man. It's like, it's like the yeah. storytelling from video games is ridiculous. I'm playing a game called Days Gone right now. How, how do you play if you are traveling so much um, and every night or every bed could be different? I, ha- I have a gaming laptop, but I also recently switched to a Steam Deck, which is like handheld. Uh, it's, a, it's a full PC, but handheld. Oh, cool. Like, like I'm not that much of a gamer, so I don't yeah, know the yeah. terms. Like okay. a Game Boy Advance, you know, like a giant yeah. Game Boy Advance looking thing. Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo Switch, but just like yeah. like 
five times as powerful, basically, is what a Steam Deck is. Okay. Yeah. Have you Me seen... Me and Paro have been nerding out, out about these. Jack Paro, because... Oh, yeah? He's, like, also a huge gamer, and yeah. the handheld thing is, like, so new and fresh that he keeps getting the newest one, like... Yeah. There's this, like, very competitive world of handheld gaming right now that exists, and, like... Yeah. Well, have you seen the movie Tetris? I haven't Taren seen the Tetris Egerton. movie. No. It's also... A, it's a uh, very interesting like, movie. Game to movie... Uh, translations are always almost no, terrible. Ninety five percent of the this time. This isn't that. This is oh, the biopic. This I've is seen about this. the guy who, right. who who basically brought Tetris to the world, mm. and basically this crazy, crazy story behind Tetris. Right. When he discovered it, it was basically the short back of the box of this is that Tetris was um, um, made behind the Iron Curtain. It was made in communist Russia by yeah. dudes that if you make it, it belongs to Russia. Yeah. And it was all about these guys going in to get the licenses to bring these things to the other parts of the world. Mm. But Tetris was came about at the point where Nintendo had created what was effectively a new set of rights. And this is what blows your mind in the movie. He goes, we've created a whole new set of rights. It's the handheld rights. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And he unveils the fact that now that this can be in your hand. And how the Game Boy was the first console to be in your hands. Right. And this oh. created a whole new category of licensing. Oh. And so he could get the handheld rights. And, and then it's all about them escaping from communist Russia. Like, Because once you're there, you kind of stuck. <laughs> and he was the American behind the curtain, like trying to do it. And it literally came down to the wire and it came down to... Crazy. It's a great film. It's, what's it called again? Tetris. Tetris. I need it's to watch like this. the story of, yeah. of it. It's crazy. Very interesting. Okay, so you're playing that. Yeah, I mean... And, you've take, and you take that with you wherever you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, the big ones are The Last of Us and Red Dead Redemption 2. The Last of Us actually had a great translation to live yeah. action. Yeah. Normally that fails horribly. Like, so it's bad. Tricky, yeah. So the, bad. The dudes involved in... The game were part of the TV show. Which yeah, I so helped. Neil Druckmann, who directed The Last of Us, directed the TV show as well with uh, Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl. Yeah. Which is like the perfect director for post-apocalyptic yeah. thing yeah, that yeah. The Last of Us is. But The yeah. Last of Us was the first game, because The Last of Us is old now. It's 10 years old, but I was like I was like patiently awaiting for it to come out. The interesting thing about The Last of Us for me was like this is the first time where a game had like a cinematic experience with like a real human connection mm. in the sense that like you can get from a movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and around this era too is the start of like mo-capping for video games. You're getting real facial expressions. You're getting mm. real movement of people and all that sort of stuff. So it's like there's something about it that becomes like human and like storytelling could be done in that way. But the cool thing about it is that you are immersed in it where you're actually like making the decisions and making you know so yeah. cyberpunk was really cool in that way because there's so many different decisions to make and same with red dead um and the storyline can go in a completely different way but it's like watching a movie you know yeah. what i mean it's like it's, yeah <laughs> and it's the themes of um interstellar as yeah. we said you, you can make these decisions so much different than like choose your own adventure it's like oh this is the way it goes let's like roll did back you ever, did like, you ever read those books which was Choose Your Own Adventure books? Yeah. No. I don't I know Choose Your Own Adventure books? Yeah, it was like a gimmick when I was a kid. I yeah, don't know, I, I don't know how much our age gap is, but... 
you would read like a chapter, and yeah. at the yeah. end of the chapter, it was like, here's your four decisions, turn to page 32 for this one. If you want to go into the cave, oh. turn to page oh, whatever. That's like when Netflix made that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can just choose what happens. Band- there was Bandersnatch was the one, and mm-hmm. then there was also one with Bear Grylls, the adventure dude, yeah. where it's like, do you want to... What do you want to put him through? He can go this way and get bitten by this, or yeah, and of course it, everyone it all just ended puts him bad. through all. <laughs> Everything ended bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, it's like okay. Um, yeah. What's uh, yeah. what's up with the rest of your trip? When do you when do you leave us? Uh, we leave Joburg tomorrow morning, extremely early for Durban. Okay, and then Cape Town, and then we're playing Lentadach in Pretoria. Oh, lovely. And then we are doing Francois van Kook and Frende. Oh, his friend show. Yeah, we had we had Francois on the on the on the podcast. Oh, okay, awesome. it's great. And we were talking about the the Francois van Kirk and friends. Um, okay, so my that- my high school going to punk shows, hardcore shows, self is like so into fuck off. It's unbelievable because I'm oh, like I'm like this is literally the era music that inspired me to make music, but in a different language and in a way I never would have been exposed to it. And to be honest, like even with myself, and I've said this to Francois, I was like, I don't understand half of the lyrics. It's not <laughs> yeah. even like simple Afrikaans. It's very totally. like poetic Afrikaans. Mm, totally. And if, and Afrikaans, I don't know when you know this is is a very creative language yeah. because it's so new. It's mm. one of the youngest languages in the world mm. um, that you can play with it and it's very playful. Mm. And often often you can get very poetic mm. in a way that unfortunately only Afrikaans people can understand yeah. the poetry and appreciate the poetry. But um, there's a whole level of how of why people love Fokov as much as they do. And the one of the deeper levels is on the poetry of of the language, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is sadly <laughs> lost on me, but <laughs> but I can feel the I can feel the art. <laughs> um, but they're they're an amazing band, yeah. And I remember hearing it for the first time. You can imagine how that blew people's minds, where they were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> hearing, the, <laughs> hearing hearing the rock that we love, but in a language that we'd never sort of heard it be sung in. Yeah, it's yeah. probably really uh, cool. It was very, <laughs> oof, it was very like, yeah. it was very mind It spread real quick. He's like, mm. "What is it?" No, yeah. it, and it was it yeah. was just something you had to show someone. So, yeah. like, this is this is crazy. I've been wanting to share this story. Actually, this is the perfect place to do it. So we've had a fan in Canada since the inception of Neon Dreams, back when we were like straight up electronic music. We were a four piece, like totally different band than what we are now, but he's been okay. following us since, jeez, oh, we turned, did we turn 10 this year? Yeah, 2013, crazy. Neon Dreams started 2013. Nice. Oh, it would be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but this guy's been around since like maybe like one of our first shows, and we were doing shows with Fuck Off and Francois and I hadn't heard from this guy in, in years. Like, and, and you know, like your early fans, you kind of like become friends with because they grew up with you and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He messages me. He goes, man, this is the craziest thing in the world to see you doing stuff with Francois and Coke. And I had no idea this guy was even South African. He had a like full-blown Canadian accent. Oh, everything. Shit. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, I'm Afrikaans and I, grew up my first years in South Africa and my connection to home has always been fuck off in Francois. I was like, what? <laughs> you didn't even are know you, he are was... Are you serious? You no, no, he because he, no, he's yeah. full... Just the weirdest thing. He's fluent Afrikaans but in a Canadian accent. Wild. It was super wild. Yeah. Um, and he kind of just was like, like, this is literally like, you guys are my entire connection to home, which is Halifax now. Yeah. And he is my entire connection to home. And here you I are grew together. Up, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, my... 
all my cousins and stuff at home, like when Fuck Off and Francois and Dehuvels and all that was coming up, like we shared this music with each other and that was my connection to home. And then he's like, will you please get something song from me? And anyways, when I got home, we have this song with Francois that just came out like a few weeks ago. Oh, you guys have done a collab, huh? Yeah. And yeah, I, that's I, cool. I, it, his verse is an offer consonant and the song's English, except for Francois' verse. And I played it for this guy when I went home because I, I just met up with him. I was like, dude, let's chat because I, like, I, I'm just so curious about your perspective you this, yeah. as someone that came from South Africa, lives in Canada, and like I want to hear your story, how your family ended up here and all that. And then I played him the song we did with Francois, and he just started bawling. It was just like oh, this really, crazy yeah. connection of like Halifax and South Africa, and it was just like, whoa, this is that's cool. Such a trip. It's one of these rare moments. Um, it's interesting hearing you guys talk about South Africa is quite similar to what Short Straw managed in some capacity with Japan. Oh, interesting. And um, it also happened, you know, two or three things sort of led to this relationship that we've had with japan mm. and we've managed to go on about five tours right. and we've managed to bring the bands that we love there was one band in particular sawagi okay. um that we played one or two shows with and then when we had an album launch lined up and a whole tour for a particular album here we thought fuck let's get sawagi yeah and nice. we you know just as much as it blew our mind to be in mm. japan Imagine what this is going to do for those guys to come to South Africa. And yeah, we couldn't give them yeah. better shows, yeah. which is like going to be this album launch that we've lined up. Mm. And um, they're an instrumental band. And so it was, it was easy for them to, you know, translate what they do right. Right, totally. to, to a South African band. It's a South African audience. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just amazing how you just get this chance to build these connections. Totally. And we have, you know, you, in, have you done Japan? No. Um, they, they, they sometimes can give yeah. you presents mm -hmm. if you have gone a few times and they, and they write you the most eloquent, Dude, beautiful, neat does that for us. Like That's we, amazing. we were reading letters last night and I'll have and to they, read that. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and sometimes yeah. these guys go like, please excuse my English. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very embarrassed about my handwriting. Meanwhile, it's like impeccable. Right. <laughs> and it just... They tell you how much you mean even to them. Our, even our mothers have gotten gifts from like people here. Like just from like like both of our moms received a tablecloth last tour. That's so amazing. He brought her home to my mom. And he brought her home to his mom. Yeah, yeah dude. South Africans do the same thing. And maybe it's because you're from here. But us Canadians come to South Africa. People bring us gifts, welcome us. Like well, it's just it's just a little bit like as you guys arrived at Forty Four Stanley. I really wanted to show you the shopping center. Yeah, totally. I. I've really always enjoyed that. Mm. I was always the guy that was happy to show the exchange student around and like, right. what are you doing? Where are you from? And what's your story? And mm. like, I think if I hadn't started cinema, if I wasn't in a band, I've got a feeling I would have been in like tourism in some sense. Yeah. Like I would have been cool. like some kind of a tour guide. Yeah. You're a good guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We're very proud of where we yeah. are and, and, I'm, and I am proud of South Africa and I do love this and I've been very proudly South African. There was an amazing moment when we toured with the Jungle Giants in Australia and we played this lovely venue in Sydney. Mm. And there was this point where I was like, okay, I'm not the African dude everyone might be imagining when you close your eyes and mm. imagine an African bassist. Right. But I am African. And mm. how I dance along to our songs, which in many cases do have some kind of an African intonation and rhythm to them, like mm. I, am, I am being African. I am yeah. unique. <laughs> yeah. and I've been excited to share that and yeah. of course um, make friends with Japanese folk and 
fly that flag there. Yeah. Um, perhaps on the last bit here, anything else that you guys enjoyed? Some highlights of South Africa? Some friends? Dude, it's cool that you've met Perro. He's an interesting dude. Yeah, Perro's a super interesting dude. <laughs> I like that dude a lot. But yeah, he's an interesting guy. Talking about you going like Joburg and like being able to call out. <laughs> yeah. like Jack is the only dude that can basically just go in Afrikaans, mm. but the translation is he just goes, penises. Oh, you know. <laughs> That's effectively what he says. He like calls the whole like, crowd, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> whole mood. It's like one weird word. And this is also going back to what I said about Afrikaans and how interesting Afrikaans yeah. can yeah. be creatively used. He basically just sort of announces genitalia yeah. five times throughout his yeah. set. The one thing that blows <laughs> my mind is how accepting the Afrikaans music community has been for us because... I don't think, and it really hit me when we played Lifted by the Dom last year. That was a big show. Hey? But then also like continuing on with like all the different like alt Afrikaans acts and stuff like that is like, no one really like goes to another country and immerses themselves into, because like all these different, especially in Europe and here, and it's like each country having their own like language. Nobody really goes into like Germany as an American artist and becomes part of the German scene. Yeah. Nobody goes into, like, geez, I don't know. I, was, I, was, I, know, I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, or it, Sweden and becomes I, part of the Swedish like music scene. Like, that doesn't happen. And the fact that the Afrikaans music scene has, like, let us in with open arms and, like, made us a part of their thing is just, like, mind-blowing to I, me. I, I, yeah, I want to say I've, I've found it interesting how immersed you guys are. Yeah. Where... To be honest, if I can tell you very honestly from watching videos, and I, I saw you speak in Instagram, but you were perhaps, Adrian, a bit more quieter mm. in some video or something. I was like, I think maybe the drum is South African. <laughs> like in my head, I was like, I think maybe you're South African and you were like, yeah. we got to go back and play some shows in, in my country. No. So it was very cool to find out that you guys were both Canadian and that you've you, you, it feels like you're one of us, which is yeah. great, and I hope that comes as a compliment. But it, um, it's actually been, I'm pretty sure if you Google us, it actually says one of us is South African, which is completely false. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it now says we're honorary South Africans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, was, if there was a musical sort of key to the city, I think yeah. you guys have certainly got it. And it, and it was very cool to see you come often and and play with other dudes, and you went on tour with um, um, Russ and. Um, in New Zealand yeah that was yeah. cool to see that you guys were together in that and I actually thought and I mentioned this to you guys as we met I thought if Short Draw was a bit more active because we mm. play shows but we don't proactively do too much right. um, I think we would have hopefully made friends a Probably. lot earlier but it's Definitely. cool that we've yeah. gotten to know each other now Yeah. and um, yeah guys I don't want to keep you for too much longer I just wanted to um, have you guys come over pop in to rent something i want to point out that i went to a short straw show in cape town before oh. we met yeah, he told me about it he said it was crazy hey, <laughs> which one did show you me music uh, it was at district it was probably like two years ago almost oh, now yeah. yeah there was a there was like a little bit of an album launch tour yeah yeah, yeah the album totally that we made um in covid yeah yeah i uh and that was the one that we all um pretty sure we got we got COVID in, in that <laughs> show. So, no, yeah. Love it. It was a great weekend. We played District. Um, shout out to the Sundays dudes that put that whole tour together. We played a lovely wine farm the next day. We played um, Stellenbosch and then we came home and then we were all fucking sick. Yeah. 
and we probably got it all from District. Yeah, I had a friend, in, a friend in Cape Town. I was like, you're probably really going to enjoy this band. Come check out this band. And then, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was a fun show. Yeah. Um, I remember liking the District show. Yeah, Adrian sent me the music and said, this is stuff we would listen to. I'm like, hell yeah, this is sick. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. when you when you say happiness and bringing happy and joy, that's literally been Short Straw's um, attitude. Yeah. Literally where the chief line of our biggest song is literally telling people to cheer up yeah. <laughs> cheer yeah. up yeah. and it got people three things and it was amazing to hear people share the stories of how it helped them yeah. man I still every time that song comes on because I don't know why it's not drilled in my head at this point but every time it comes on I'm like oh what what band is this and it's just Amit <laughs> and then I'm like oh short straw but every single time I don't know why I want to play that with like some American band every oh, single time like what the couch potato song yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. every single time I'm like <laughs> Oh, I know this band. Why do I like it? Like, there's something about it that like brings me right back to like, uh, like, you, like the genre of music you guys play had like a huge thing when I was in high school, like 2010, yeah. 2009. Like, yeah. I don't know when like your guys' like peak was. Well, like, when this year, album, or, the, the, one of the sort of the main breaking albums is now 10 years. Okay, yeah. So that came out in 2013. So 2014, 2015 were like... Yeah, because there was that whole era of years. like Tudor Simil Club, uh, Passion Pit. Mm. Um, yeah, it was that indie uh, vibe. And it was interesting with bands like Vampire Weekend. Yeah, That, that totally. played a little with that African guitar rhythm. And we, we mm. consciously were like, let's play with that. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, put some of those songs together totally. as a result yeah yeah what's that style of guitar playing you guys definitely have it it's like the old like petrol can plus the yeah it's, it's like it a, it's different... like a specific zulu or like Muscundi, i think is one of the terms you hear it all the time in yeah like, in like but uh, it was a very conscious dance. decision and we were we grew up on a lot of that music just hearing a lot of it around us yeah and we wanted to we wanted to incorporate its happy vibe i never put that together with those bands of that era though but they all definitely did do that Mm. Like took the influence of the yeah v- Vampire Weekend had a very literal South African connection. Mm-hmm. Um, they grew up and they credit certain albums crazy that were South African albums that that set them on that original kind of indie course. But lekker guys, lekker man, lekker. Oh. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. great to have <laughs> you. Yeah. And thank you for uh, yeah, thanks for Dunk making the time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a quarter Afrikaans. I, I can't. I can't speak on on that regard. But um, yeah, it's great to have you. Thank, well, you, thank you for having us, man. And I hope the rest yeah. of your trip's successful, and we'll see you down the road. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lekker. <laughs> Cheers. All right. What a lovely, what a lovely chat. Hmm. It was such a great chance to. To properly get to know them, as I as I said to them, if Short Straw was as active, um, we would have probably been best pals by now. <laughs> we would have played more shows together. Right. But we're not. You know, we're not playing as much. We're not as proactive. We're focusing so much more on all the other exciting things in our lives. We all run our own businesses, mm. Mm. so we're not out there as much, which is a little sad when a cool band like Neon Dreams comes to town. And you know that you would have spent more time with them or hung out with them or forged a relationship of sorts. But, um, but yeah, we, we did play that show. We did play park life, as I said, which is what led to the whole chat coming about and and me getting a chance to pitch the video store to them and them being keen. Um, and of course I got a chance to watch them there and, uh, it's probably important to mention if you haven't 
heard the band mm. and if you've come to them through us now, um, Frank, who didn't speak as much, is the front man, as I said, but um, he, he comes across very chilled, very like down tempo, <laughs> yeah, very relaxed. Yeah. And you would imagine if you just heard him speak, you would imagine that his music might be like very pensive and his performance might be quite down tempo. Yeah. But it is the complete opposite. Oh. <laughs> and I find that very interesting that That's someone who is a quieter, smaller person in yeah. real life can just be this larger than life, like huge extrovert on stage. Mm. I don't want to speak on behalf of him. I don't know him necessarily well enough, but you do see people do that yeah. where mm. um, they leave nothing on stage. Um, they, they give it their all. And um, it's almost like they, the rest of their life is them sort of in like sleep mode uh. to charge <laughs> their batteries for those moments, you know, and they give it all and they become something else on yeah. stage. It's amazing how that kind of feeds you on stage. Right. You can, you can have more charisma. Mm. Not to say he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, little rent. It's not like he's Noel Gallagher on stage, you know? Yeah. 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 Who doesn't like give Mick much. Jagger or something. Yeah. And you sort of wonder where those things can come from and what those people might be mm. like. But it's just interesting how perhaps some people just just keep that reserved and channel it through something like that. Exactly. You know? And they're not like that all the time because I think they would explode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My they favorite thing survive. about that was reading Paul Stanley's biography. Uh, Paul Stanley. Kiss. Of Kiss. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he was talking about the fact that he was born with like a stump for an ear. No. So his friends called him Stanley the one-eared monster at school. Okay, right. And um, later in his life, he played Phantom, which is really interesting. Mm. A deformed musician who wears a mask. Yes. So mm. then he would talk about when he started Kiss, he put on the makeup and then he'd become the star child. Right. Mm. And then he could just be the rock star. Right. And yeah. then he'd take the makeup off. And then become Stanley the one-eared monster again. Right. And just be shy and reserved. And, Interesting. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So music does that when you take on the persona of a performer and entertainer. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Well, speaking of having to put on a face, um, a very interesting show, which I'm really enjoying, is The Morning Show, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. Okay. Mm. It was perhaps, and guys could fact check this, but it's it's it was perhaps the first big show that Apple TV Plus launched to try and get you into Apple TV Plus yeah, as I it think launches. I remember that as being the launched. case as well. Um, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. So like Damn. big names were now in TV. You know, mm. the, Making we, a move. We, we've seen that over the years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this, this was a good example. And it's all set around a morning, like a Good Morning America show. Nice. You know, with bright high key lighting. Everyone's happy. Everyone's perfect. But of course, in season one, there's some things. And f the first season starts with Steve Carell, who is her male anchor co-host, right. has now been accused of sexual misconduct. Oh, okay. And the whole of the first season is about that. The cancelling and the cancel culture and him now being out. But, you know, they got to keep up this face and what do they do? And it's rocking the, the whole morning crew. Right. And she brings in... Reese Witherspoon, who is a more tell it like it is uh, people person, and she gets thrust as her co-anchor. Okay. And um, 
it's really it's a really good show but part of this is well what made me think of it is is the fact that they've got to show up for the show they've got to put on this yeah facade of it being Damn. perfect and but everything's kind of cracking behind right um but it's the perfect vehicle and in theory it's the kind of show much like a morning show mm. that can just stay forever because they will always um stay in touch with what's happening and yes. that's what this mm. morning show tv show itself has been so good at like they covered covid really well in season 2 okay and they gave Jennifer Aniston's character covid right you know, um, now in in season three, yeah, it's there's like a um, what's the Mad Men guy, the real handsome dude from Mad Men, John Ham. John Ham right. plays this like Bezos esque Elon Musky billionaire, and Ooh, they go to they have a they have a space shuttle voyage. No ways, you know, because it's it, they they are mimicking yes. real life, and of course, bigger figures like Donald Trump and. So and the capital riots, like they're all in the show, right? Okay, like they put Reese Witherspoon in the capital riots. It was, it was very cool. Oh, it's very oh, interesting. interesting. So it's tough. It's not an. It's not a uh, relax and let it wash over you show. Right. What we call a fall asleep show over <clears> here. <throat> this is the opposite. This is like you're going to lose sleep show. Hey. I'm on wave. <laughs> no, should we, call, should we call it that. <laughs> um, but uh, but very good and and important. Cool. When it feels like when if when it feels like a fiction show is being important because mm. it's providing yeah. some some dialogue and some conversation. Right. Mm. So Talking yeah. about COVID, um, I watched a little bit of The Good Doctor the other day. Ah, yeah, okay. I love that. It is very cool. Okay, I can totally see how the serial doctor world <laughs> is quite hypnotizing. Right. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he's incredible. No, he's amazing. Um, it's like incredible performance, Freddie Highmore. Freddie mm -hmm. Highmore. Yeah. And did I tell you about when I saw him? I've you told did. you the story. You yeah, have right. told me. Have I told you, Graham? I don't know. I saw him coming down the road in London. Oh, okay. Talking like, and I'm, I'm sorry, because, you know, this is like <laughs> the poor guy just wants to have a normal life. Yeah. But, but I saw him coming and it's one of those where it's like, how do I know you? How do you, oh my God, that's uh, fucking Freddie Highmore. Yes. Embroiled in a very probably normal and important conversation with his friend, and yes. I stopped them, and I could see the friend was annoyed, but it was very quick. Yes, I was just like, I'm sorry, I just I think you're fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so sweet. He's like, Hi, I'm Freddie, and I'm like, I'm Russell. I'm from South Africa. It's like that becomes important all yes. of a sudden. And then I was like, Be on your way. I should have taken a photo. You should have taken a photo. Uh, you have the photo in your mind. I have the photo in my mind. No, but he is honestly. He's the actor of our generation. Well, one of them. Yeah. He's, We've he's watched phenomenal. him grow up. No, right? yeah. and like Finding Neverland. Mm. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Oh he's become a meme. Fuck. Yes. You know? That, yeah. bit, that park bench meme, but also when they put on the show and he's holding that like that lampstand. Okay. And he's not accepting the fact that his, because he's more mature than the mom thinks. Right. And the mom's sick. She says it's just a chest cold, and he like smashes something, and he goes, "It's not a chest cold," because <laughs> he knows like yeah. it's something bigger. Exactly. Oh my god, he's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a good crime movie. <laughs> it is awesome. But I was watching an episode okay. where there was a outbreak of some kind of um, I don't know what do you call what do you call COVID and flu? What kind of Pandemic. viruses? No, no, no. What kind uh, of virus yeah. is it? It's a it's influenza. A, it's a um, Breathing airborne, virus, airborne. airborne. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> breathing, respiratory, <laughs> yeah. respiratory infection. Yeah. And they had to lock down the ER and uh, all the okay. patients were locked inside. They were already there. And it was fantastic. And he yeah. was dealing with, 
you know, the overload of noise as an autistic person. Yeah, because right. that's key. Old yeah. Freddie Highmore plays an autistic doctor. Yeah. Yes. So he's a savant and yeah. and has this encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah. But where the show comes into conflict is where he tries to live his normal life, where he does struggle to have relationships and how he drive talks, a car and how he talks to to the patients where he yeah. doesn't have the tact okay. that a doctor should have yes. but of course he does know how to solve the problem exactly right it's a so good it's a good like it's a good setup like follow up season two house like if you enjoyed house i feel like it's a similar kind of show in terms of its format like okay. there's a new disease or like there's a new thing that they have to solve medically and then the characters' problems evolve within that context. I was about mm. to say, it sounds like House meets Doogie Howser. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Cream is so good at this. <laughs> yeah. It's a good pitch. It's an elevator pitch. <laughs> uh, what, what else are we enjoying? Definitely not The Haunted Mansion. Okay. Oh, yeah. I also yeah. watched that. This is now, yeah. the, this is now so, the new remake of the, yes. of yes. the film. Yeah, yeah. Another so, attempt at making... What is the first one like? I've never seen it. It It looked stupid when I was a child, so I was like, I'm not watching that. (laughs) And yeah, so this one, the premise is that it starts off with an alcoholic, which I felt was really weird for a Disney film like this, right? It's a little bit mature. Yeah, It's meant for kids, yeah. Yeah, it's meant for kids. And they get into some like hardcore... um, Addiction issues. Well, yeah, kind of. It's <laughs> just like this the idea that this guy's mourning the death of his love. Yes. And he's become an alcoholic and he threw his career away. Okay. And now is he's been... No, that is the actor from Atlanta whose name I can't remember. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's really great. The whole name. cast is great, but they're kind yeah. of wasted. Yeah, they're completely wasted. And yeah. it becomes this like really immature haunted house thing. And yes. yeah, maybe if you're five, you'll enjoy it, but I don't see anyone okay. who's really having fun. It's not like scary enough to be like a teen horror movie. Mm. And it's not goofy enough to be like a kids' horror movie, mm. so it's for no one. Uh, yes, interesting. Okay. Yes, that's that's per- perhaps its big mistake. Yeah. Exactly. So Disney released another bad movie. Yeah, like if you're going to make like a kids' horror movie, it needs to be about kids. It can't be about a bunch of adults. Yeah, all yeah. the characters are adults except for one kid who's like hardly in it. Yeah, you forget right. that all the greatest kids stuff is like Home Alone, The Goonies. Yeah. Like it all happens to kids. They yes. go on the treasure hunt. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Atlanta. Um, Donald Glover, yes, yeah. who is the actor in Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. and he's been famous for Atlanta. Lando Calrissian. He, yeah. before all of that, what made him super famous, or at least what gave him a lot of cred in the beginning, was Community. Yeah, which oh, is yeah. fantastic, and it is arguably one of my favorite TV shows. You introduced me to that in lockdown. It is so smart, and it mm. is so great, and it. Did six seasons, and even in the mo- in the show, because at the end it became so smart, became so self-referential about itself as a TV show. Um, they always said six seasons in a movie. Oh, uh, they are now shooting a movie. Cool. And Amazing. why I say Atlanta is because apparently this the set the movie has had to move to Atlanta because that's where he is because he's busy shooting. Atlanta, the TV show. Uh, hey. So the mo- apparently the movie has started filming. So anyone who loves Community, I think is in for something stoked great. By that. Cool. Is Chevy Chase in the film? I don't know. Good old Chevy. Eh? <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah, he. They they all admit him to be the most difficult, like co. Yes. Co. Um, star. Co-star. Yeah. 
and he disappeared at one point near the end. I wonder whether he's coming back. Mm. They should do like a Meg thing from Family Guy with him where they just rip him off and make fun of him uh, in no. the show because everyone, if it's self-referential, yes. everyone knows that he's an asshole on set. Mm. So then they just make him this object of ridicule in the show. That right. would be brilliant. But yeah, you really come to love those characters, especially after that many seasons. And oh, I, yeah. I really loved Community. I thought it was so smart. Yeah, it's very much on my list of shows I you need to watch. You no. haven't seen it yet. You you are in for such a yeah. treat. That's especially your kind of show. Okay. So basically, it's called Community because they, they're all at a community college, yeah. which is the kind of university institution in America, at least, that could get all sorts of people from all sorts of issues yeah so you you have a high profile smart fancy lawyer who mm-hmm. uh cheated his way in and didn't actually have a law degree and is now right. coming back to actually get the law degree you've got the single mom who loves baking and has kids and just wants to get a extra degree you've yeah. got the goody two shoes who should have gone to an ivy league but fucked out because she had a pull problem (laughs) so so they all find themselves um at this community college which is this ridiculous place and they become a study group okay and and it's the six characters that are also wildly diverse and of course they even reference how you know how wildly diverse they are as a cast it's so smart cool and especially for someone who appreciates like film references they play a lot with that. So there'd be an episode uh, that will definitely have a heist right. feeling to it. Or they, they won Emmys for these um, – there's an episode where they have a paintball game. Mm. And the paintball episode was so good that the next season they did another paintball episode right. and took it up even further. But it becomes this like action movie heist <laughs> fucking oh, – art. brilliant. Cool. It is so great. I, cu- I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> So it's exciting that you have all of that yeah. to, to enjoy. Um, I see Donald Glover's also writing the Lando movie. Oh, is he writing it? Yeah. And it was going to be a series. It was going to be a series, but now well, it was going to be a movie, and then it was going to be a series, and now it's going to be a movie again. Oh, Disney! <laughs> so what's going Lando on, guys? Calrissian is a Star Wars character. Yes. Yeah. And and um, we got first introduced him to him by the older actor. What's yeah. his name? Um, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. And then when when Disney took over, they created all these other films in the Star Wars universe. And then when they made the Solo, Solo movie, yeah, the prequel, um, Donald Glover was was cast as the young Lando. Mm. So yeah, now, perfect he, bit of casting. Mm. Yeah, so he's going to now have his own movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why yeah, exactly. Why, well, we, the hell not. Still if doing mourn. it. Do it. <laughs> I still mourn the fact that out of that film, yeah, they think that the problem was casting Alden Ironreich. How do you pronounce it? Alden Ironreich. Ironreich. Thank the you. The guy who played Han Solo. Yeah. Yes. They think that the reason it flopped is because they recast a legacy character like Han Solo. Yeah. That's the reason they give for why it flopped. Yes. Right. And I'm kind of just like, he was such a good Han Solo. Oh, he was great, Why don't we have a serial little series yeah. of Han and Chewie going on misadventures? I mean, yeah, Solo, smugglers. Solo should have been a show. It would have worked better as a show yeah. than as a movie. I think they were probably finding their feet there. Yes. Yeah, a- still. Figuring out which stories would be good movies and which mm-hmm. would be good TV shows. Mm. Yeah. And, and sometimes the premise has got more meat yeah. as a serial than it does in this one encapsulating film. Right. But I mean, they had the directors kicked off, and then old mm. what's his face came in and Ron Howard. Ron Howard was Lord and Miller. Yeah, the guy who did across the Spider Verse. I, th- I think those things 
disrupt yeah you know the yeah. film and then when those things get disrupted uh, but i love how they say it flopped but it's like yes. it was just the least successful i mean it's it still didn't do very well even okay. by like yeah uh, i think it was okay. like 300 million or something like that i mean that's still a fuckload well i mean it probably cost like 200 250 million dollars so uh, okay, yeah never mind <laughs> Yeah, they're ex- always expecting close to the billion mark for these yeah, movies. these days. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. No, it is insane. Um, Not all your movies are going to hit that. Yeah, like Batman versus Superman made like $900 million and it was like a flop. <laughs> what? Yeah. Flop. Flop. Um, what else? I am enjoying sex education. Cool. I but thought I'm you en- were just going to say I'm enjoying sex. I'm I was enjoying like, great. Sex. I'm enjoying sex. I'm doing it now. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now doing it all the time. I never did it before. <laughs> trying it out. Um, so far, so good. <laughs> cool. Lasting a minute. <laughs> um, no, but Sex Education is a very interesting show. I oh, think we're going to look. Amazing. We're going to. I think we're going to look back on it and, and realize it's 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 a gem. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's 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 very contrived. Um, you think so? Yeah, but in in a good way, like mm. like it's very set up to be this very particular world. Um, I don't know how true to life it is in that sense, but it's like everyone is so like well dressed in a color palette. Oh, that, totally. That it becomes that mean. breaks the illusion for me, and then of course everyone everyone is suffering from. <laughs> Some sense of identity, sex, compulsion. And all, like you look at it and you kind of think of euphoria as well. And you're like, is this what it's like being a teenager these days? They're just all <laughs> struggling with sex. And I think to a large degree, that's probably true. But it's also like it's very ramped to 10. some extreme. Yeah, like it's it's a bit much for me yeah. at times. That's why I am enjoying it in 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 shorter bursts okay right as we all do yeah (laughs) (laughs) um no i think i remember when we first spoke about it you were telling me that l the singer from short straw for those who don't know was you guys were talking about the fact that it doesn't feel like it fits comfortably within any recognizable epoch because it feels like it's an 80s teen movie yeah it's very Uh, it's very carefully constructed like that so it's it's a british show about kids in high school and and they and and the main character whose mom is a therapist sex therapist sex therapist um well she's more of just a therapist that i think dabbles a bit no, in that no i think she's a straight up sex therapist is she yeah. so old gene mulburn yeah. um but he 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 helps his classmates and he sets up this idea that he's the therapist amongst them to, to help them through their life. Yes. Right. That's the sort of basic premise of sex education. Of course, people love each other and fall in love and out of love and all these things happen. Um, but it's made to look like a nostalgic American high school. Right. Subtly enough yes. to still pass as a British high school mm. nowadays, but they, they, they clearly took a page out of like a Stranger Things where they're yeah. like, let's play on the nostalgia for fun. Yeah. Yes. To give it an this to give it this kind of universal identity, right. so that the show could work in America, it could work anywhere, mm-hmm. right? And that it wouldn't be considered, strictly speaking, a very British thing with a British set of problems. Mm. Um, so it's this kind of timeless, universal thing, right? I don't know how well that works, right? I think it works because it it visually, stylistically says. That it's it, it's something that you recognize but don't recognize. So there's like truth to the storytelling. 
but it's just exaggerated. So I think like in terms of narrative and style, it kind of coheres in an interesting way there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, but um, I'm excited this week. We are all going to go watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, yes. I'm not. Uh, You're yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to work. I don't get to go to the Scorsese pre-screening. Right. Come on. Why am I doing this job if I can go watch Scorsese <laughs> movies before everyone else? Because you got to be a, a professional slap at the bass man. Slap at the bass man. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. No, this is your time to shine with Key Change. Yeah. And it's cool. And I'm excited to come and watch you on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So um, You're going to no. see Mr. Rocksmith in action. Yeah. No, no. It's going to be great. And, um, but, uh, yeah. Excited to see Scorsese, and yeah. we'll and we'll tell you all about it next week. Get comfy; it's three and a half hours long. Lordy, <laughs> lordy! You can always watch Scorsese for uh, three and a half hours. But if we we've had a couple of late nights, and Les was like, "This whole week we should go to bed at nine. and I'm like, "Agreed," <laughs> except for Wednesday, because yes. <laughs> I'm going to watch a Martin Scorsese film. What time does the screening start? Mm, seven. Like seven. Oh, okay, that's better three than and eight. Three and a half hours. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Better be good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got De Niro and DiCaprio. Right? No, I know. It should be great. Yeah. Is there anything else dying inside that you need to um, get out? We did get a trailer for that new Godzilla TV show. Well, it's not a Godzilla TV show. Where is it going to be? Apple. Okay. Apple TV. It's called Monarch. So it's set in the same universe as like the movies. The, the most re- Yeah, the most recent movies. It's called Monarch Legacy of Monsters or something. Mm. Um, it's it got doesn't, Kurt doesn't Russell. Ru- Okay. And Wyatt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. And Wyatt Russell playing the same character because it's set in two different time periods. Oh. Is that his son? Yeah. Wyatt Russell's his son. Wyatt. That's a cool name. Of course name. his name is Wyatt. Right? It's cool like name. Wyatt's Earp. What's the name of the cowboy? Uh, Wyatt. Yes. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Wyatt Earp. Uh, okay. Wait, Interesting. Didn't, didn't Kurt Russell play Wyatt Earp in Tombstone? Is that who? I, I can't no, it was Hal Kilmer. Oh, okay. Or he was the sheriff. I can't. No, I think it was. I think it was Kurt Russell. One hundred percent. So he named his son after the cowboy he played. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm all weird. It's a cool name. That's badass. Yeah. That's very Kurt Russell. What else? Um, what else happened? Very oh, we got a trailer that. for the new Scott Pilgrim animated show. Yeah, that's coming looks, to Netflix. Yeah, it yeah, looks I'm really quite excited cool. about that. Yeah, it's like produced by Edgar Wright. All the same actors from the movie are playing the same roles. Uh, cool, but it's going cool. to be animated. Yeah, yeah, that is rad. It looks very cool. That is amazing. I think trailer just came out yesterday, or maybe even today. Okay. And you've also watched a couple of episodes of Loki. Yeah, the first two seasons, first two seasons, first two episodes of season two of Loki are out. Okay. Um, I mean, it's very much the same as the previous one. Like, if you like the previous show, you'll like this one. The tone and the style are super consistent. Like right. to a point where it picks up like directly after it, and they keep referencing like characters and stuff from the first season. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't remember. I've forgotten everything. Oh no, um, Loki. I'm gonna have that problem. Is on Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Tom yeah. Hiddleston. It's fun. It's cool. Um, Kihui Kwan is in it, oh, which is awesome. Cool. He's a lot of fun. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, he's a lot okay. of fun. Is um, Jonathan Major still playing Khan? He is. He's not. So far, he hasn't been in it at all. Okay. First two episodes. It's going to be interesting to see yes. how they handle that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a tricky one, eh? They right. put him as the main villain. Yeah, for the, the film they're releasing in like six years. Of the next arc. And then what did he have? A little misconduct. What did he have? Uh, Sexual potential, misconduct. Potential battering I of think, his yeah, partner. I think, I think. abuse oh, and that sort of thing. fucking domestic abuse. Yeah. Oh, lordy. Yeah, but the thing is, like, everybody's like, oh, they're going to have to, like, change the character. I'm like, just recast him. Just recast him, dude. Like, even, like, in the context of they introduced that character in Loki, 
right? Yes. Loki has a bunch of different Lokis in it. Yes. Who are all played by different actors. Yes. So, so they're already saying, hey, like the same person from different universes is like a different actor or a different person. Yes. A Kang from a different universe doesn't have to be Jonathan Majors. Mm. Just cast a different guy. Exactly. Problem solved. Kang, yeah. Kang is his name. Kang. Yeah. Yes. And so, then that oh, way I they also Khan. get to... Oh, that's Star Trek. <laughs> like, yeah. like Star Trek. Kang! Like Kang! <laughs> um, they also that way get to scrap the shit ending of Ant-Man where he shows up. Oh, that was the worst thing I've so ever stupid. seen in my life. Oh my terrible. God, it was terrible. But this is Marvel... Studios next big arc. Yes. Yeah. So it's like the next Thanos. So yeah, so everything built up around Thanos and we had the whole gauntlet. Gauntlet infinity, with gauntlet, all the infinity, infinity stones, stones and it culminated in that in those endgame end game movies. Now this rise this Kang character yeah. is gonna be the next arc. Yeah. Okay. Right. But lo- yeah, Loki is like one of the few things happening in Marvel right now that I like. Like the rest of the stuff, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yes. But Loki's fun. Like it's cool. It's and Tom be... Hiddleston's great. And Owen Wilson's great. He's really fun in the show. Yeah, he is. It's going to be difficult for them to have us give as much of a shit the second time yeah. around because we 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 all we were all there for the first one. Yeah. And of course, the challenge is now, what? how do you do the next one? Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of us are a bit grown up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're yeah. like not giving as much of a fuck about it. Yeah. And before, like, so maybe there's a new, whole bunch of new kids, like yeah. younger kids that will now, this will be their wave, yeah. their yeah. Marvel wave. Like before yeah. everything in Marvel was kind of like heading in the same direction and doing the same thing. Whereas now they're kind of going, oh, let's just do like a bunch of different things, which is good. In the sense that, like, we're getting a lot more variety, mm. but in the terms of, in the sense that they're still trying to build to like another equivalent thing, it doesn't really work. Yeah, the TV you shows know. have made it hard for me, to be honest. I mm. could keep up with the movies, yes, because that's not too difficult of a commitment. Yeah, yes. and as someone who never read the comic books, who was like, "I'm here for the ride. Like, mm. this is cool. Like, this is the popular thing. I want to be in the conversation. Yeah, and see the new." You know, Doctor Strange because he's being introduced for the first time. Yeah, yes. Captain Marvel. Like I was there for that. That wasn't too hard. Yeah, but the the TV shows, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I, I haven't I watched have, most of them. I don't have that much time on my hands, despite no. dedicating a podcast entirely <laughs> to the conversation around what's happening. It's yeah. like I I um, I can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. All right, chappies. All right, yeah. Thank you for uh, a lovely day at the office. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Graham. Cool. And thank you for listening thus far. You're a gem. You're a treat. Mm. We appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, we are the video store, and our home base is thevideostore.co.za. And we would love to see you again next week. We have got some spectacular episodes banked and lined up. Oh, we do. Nice. And it's it's a real treat. So hope to see you again next week. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Farewell. Ta-ta for now, you say. Yeah. TTFN. <laughs> <laughs>